0: Enjoy the message. Well, I want to spend just a few minutes talking to you about something the Lord has been working in my heart for quite some time now for a lot of different reasons. Um, I've titled the message today, Witness, God's Purpose for Your Life. Witness, say witness. Witness, God's Purpose for Your Life. When, when you open up your Bible and you begin to read in the New Testament, and that was my goal for 2020 was to uh, read through the New Testament again. And when you read through the New Testament, you're going to discover that Jesus is giving the church three mandates that will impact the world around us. These three mandates that I'm about to share with you are essential if the church is going to be a powerful church, a healthy church, and a growing church, and we want to be that church, amen, we want to continue to be a powerful church, and a healthy church, and a, and a growing church, that's why I'm excited that there's, there's new converts, new, new believers in our time together all the time, people that are, have just given their life to the Lord. It's good to have those babes in Christ, amen, because that means that we're a growing church, these three mandates that Jesus gives the church, here they are. You can write them down if you want to. These three mandates that we hear from the Lord Jesus Christ are one, prayer. Prayer that Jesus has mandated that we would be a house of prayer. Prayer. Not not a house of preaching, not a house of praise, but God's house would be a house of prayer. And we've been doing that this morning. We've been praying, we've been seeking. Even before you got here, there was people already praying. When we got here, we joined together praying for one another. We are a house of prayer. Jesus mandated that His church be a house of prayer. And that's what we've been doing. Because prayer, remember, is that direct channel that connects us to the, to the power and the presence and the promises of God. So there's one mandate, prayer. The second mandate that Jesus gives us in the New Testament is evangelism. evangelism. Evangelism means the good news. It means the good news that Jesus died for our sins and took our place on the cross and, and then God raised Him from the dead. He was resurrected from the dead and He's alive. And because He lives, we can live forever too in eternity. That's the good news. And the evangelism is about us seeking the lost and and, and witnessing And sharing God's love with the people around us. And the third mandate that we find, we'll talk about sometime later, is discipleship. And that means that we are always growing. As a Christian, that you're always growing. I got a newsflash for you. Uh, We're all a work in progress we are all a work in progress. We, no, none of us in this room are online today. None of us have arrived to that perfection. We're all growing daily, and we need to make sure that we're always growing in our walk with the Lord. That's why we're excited about offering the life study groups, the Bible study groups that are going to start tonight, and, and things that we've been offering online so you can continue to grow in your walk together with the Lord. So prayer evangelism and discipleship all three of these mandates that i just shared with you are part of god's mission for this local church all three of these mandates are woven right into the mission that god has for this church and what is our mission our mission is to be a praying church that we are a praying church that loves god and loves people do you love god today amen do you love people today amen you were a little bit louder when you said love god and love people we, we are a place of hope for anybody from anywhere. We don't care who walks through the doors. You know why? Because everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs the Lord. So we are a place of hope for anybody from anywhere. And the heart of this church is to reflect Jesus by seeking the lost and, and serving the suffering and sharing life together as we all grow spiritually. That's a part of discipleship. You see prayer. You see evangelism. And you see discipleship right here in God's mission for this church. So over the next few weeks, I just want to spend some time speaking to us about some, these three mandates. And, and you know, the last few weeks I've been speaking to you about being a praying church, that we would pray powerful prayers. Well, now, today, and going forward for the next few weeks, I wanna I want to talk to you, spend some time. I feel like the Lord would have us to speak about the church being a witnessing church, that we would be a witnessing church. Now, in January of this year, Pastor Kevin and I were invited to speak at a church conference. And my assignment, my assignment for that conference was to speak on the call from Christ to, wit- to be a witness. And Pastor Kevin's assignment was to speak on worship. And there was another pastor there, and his assignment was to speak on the, the work of the Lord. So the, the three topics of that conference that we were speaking at was witness, worship, and work. And when I was preparing for my assignment to speak on witnessing, the Lord showed me something that really just uh, challenged me and moved me because this thing about worship and work and witnessing, do you know this, that when, when you leave this earth and you go to heaven, that you're going to continue worshiping the Lord? You're going to be worshiping the Lord. Did you know that when you leave this earth and you go to heaven, I hate to bust your bubble, you're still going to be working. You're going to have a job assignment. It won't be like the job assignment now where you say, Good Lord, it's Monday. Listen, you're going to have a, a work assignment in heaven that's going to fulfill you and be something that you enjoy doing. You're going to worship in heaven. You're going to work in heaven. But you know the one thing that you won't do in heaven? You will not witness in heaven. You will not witness in heaven. You know why? Because it'll be too late then. It'll be too late then. And that's why it's urgent. And that's why it's vital for all of us as a church that we we witness and we win people to Jesus Christ while we still have time and before the Lord comes back. You do believe he's coming back, right? So God, help us to have an urgency about this thing witnessing to people and winning them to Jesus Christ. You see, as the world that we live in grows more godless and grows darker by the day, We need to make sure we as a church are fulfilling the mandate that Christ has placed upon us, that we would witness and that we would win people to Jesus Christ. If we're going to experience the great harvest of souls right here in our own community and right here in our own cities and right here in our own homes and and across this state, if we're going to experience the harvest of souls, it's going to require God's people to be a witness, to be a witness. We need to be a witnessing church. What is a witness? Well, we know that's a courtroom term we hear a lot of where something takes place and they bring in someone who was an eyewitness that saw something happen. But what is a witness? A witness is, is somebody who is a person who gives a testimony of something that they've, they've seen or experienced in their life. That's what a witness is. That is a witness, a person that has a testimony of something they've seen or experienced in their life. And being a witness for Jesus Christ to this world is God's purpose for your life. I hear people say all the time, I really wished that I knew what God's plan was for my life. I wished I knew what God's purpose was for my life. Let me tell you today, friend, God's purpose for your life is to be a witness for him, to be a witness for him. And you know how I know this? Because Jesus said so. Jesus said this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus uh, has been resurrected and he's about to ascend back into heaven. And before he ascends back into heaven, he gives his followers, his disciples, this, this mandate really. And he says, listen, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And listen to this next thing that Jesus says, and you will be my witnesses. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus said, your purpose in life is to be his witness. You will be my witness. So over the next few weeks, as we allow the Lord to lead us, we're gonna be encouraged and challenged by one of the greatest witnesses for Christ that ever lived on this earth. This is on my heart heavy, like I said, for a lot of reasons, that we would be a a church that is witnessing. And one of the greatest witnesses that ever lived on this earth that we can learn from and be encouraged from and be challenged from is the Apostle Paul. Paul is the Apostle Paul. We, we might remember him. He was Saul, and then he was his name was changed to Paul. So if you hear me kind of exchange those names today, I'm talking about the same individual, Saul and Paul, Saul and Paul. And we can learn a lot from his life. You see, Paul, uh, he had some mighty motivators that made him a powerful witness for Christ. And today, I'm going to focus on two of those motivators, and I'll be sharing more as we go forward, but two of them today The first motivator for Paul was his conversion, was his conversion. Now, I want you to uh, just kind of back up with me, and let me put some things in context here. And I'm trying to hurry up a little bit, so I may have to cut a few things short. But listen, here's your homework. Here's your homework this week. Read Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. That is your homework this week. Read Acts chapter 9. Now, when you open up the book of Acts, you're going to discover that the church is exploding. Hallelujah. The church is growing. The Bible says being, it's being added to daily, that there's just a great move of God there in the church. And the church is growing and growing, and it's growing fast. And guess who does not like that? The devil. The devil doesn't like it. So so the devil, he, uh, he creates this great wave of persecution to Come upon the church now. Persecution is just another word for uh, attacking the church, causing suffering in the church, uh, tormenting the church. And the devil, listen, anytime you're moving forward and growing in the Lord, you might as well get ready for the devil to come and he's gonna try to stop it. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. And this is what was happening the devil was upset and he was creating this great wave of persecution. And it was, it was led by the religious establishment of that day, many of the same ones that actually crucified our Savior, Jesus Christ. And one of the ones that was leading the way in this persecution against the church was this man named Saul Paul. Saul Paul. We'll call him that today, Saul Paul. And you have to know a little bit about Saul because Saul was a bad dude. Saul was a bad dude. He was, an, he was an evil man, and he was full of pride. And the Bible says that he was breathing these, these evil threats against the church, and, and he had one goal in mind, and that was to destroy the church. Sound like somebody else we know, the devil, right? Out to steal, kill, and to destroy. And so Paul had this one goal in mind, and that was to to stop the church from growing and to put an end to it. We find in Acts chapter 8, you don't have to turn there, but the Bible says this about Saul, Saul Paul. He began to destroy the church, going from house to house, and he dragged off men and women and put them in prison and put them in chains. That's the kind of man that we're talking about. He opposed the church. He opposed the church, and if he opposed the church, that means, guess what? He was opposing Christ. He was opposing Christ. He hated Christians, Paul did, and he hated Christ like many people today that we see in our world. You see, we see the same opposition. We see the same opposition right in our culture today. The same very people that are opposing the church and opposing Christ. Evil people that are in our land that are opposing Christ today. We see that same opposition today when people refuse to give their life to Jesus Christ. Friend, let me just tell you this. If you have not surrendered and you keep refusing to receive Him, you know what you're doing? You're opposing Christ. We see the same opposition today from people who are living their life for themselves instead of living their lives for the Son of God. And that was Saul. Saul was an evil man who was opposing Christ. Saul was an evil person because he refused to receive Jesus Christ into his life. And Paul was an evil man, and and he opposed Christ because he was so focused on self instead of the Son of God. He was wrapped up in his own self-righteousness. He was wrapped up in his own pride. He was a religious fanatic. He had this religious pride about him and that pride that he had, it it fueled a, a hate and it fueled a prejudice against the followers of Christ that caused him to attack and to torment Christians. He was a bad man. And the persecution that Paul led was so fierce that it caused the church to spread out of Jerusalem. The church was there in Jerusalem and now because of the persecution the, 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 the people, the followers of Christ have spread into surrounding areas and because they have spread out, Saul has asked for this letter of authority from the religious leaders and he takes his army and he pursues after these Christians and his one goal in mind is to destroy all of them that he finds and he's headed to a place called Damascus which is in Syria, about 136 miles from Jerusalem. And Paul and his army of opposers, Christ opposers, are going after these Christians to take them out and to destroy them. And then this is when it gets really good. As Saul, Paul, is headed with his army on the way to Damascus, he has this powerful supernatural encounter with Jesus, Jesus Christ, the living God. He has this encounter and we read about it in Acts chapter 9 verse 3. And it says, As Paul neared Damascus on his journey, Suddenly, say suddenly, Suddenly, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he says, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. He says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. You see, what we just read here, Paul has this supernatural conversion as he encounters the light and love of Jesus Christ. Have you had that conversion in your life? Aren't you thankful for the light and the love of Jesus Christ? (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You see, here's what a conversion is. A conversion is a change. It's a change. Conversion is a transformation. Conversion is a transformation into something new. And Paul's conversion, it it meant that he had been changed into a new person. He He had a new outlook on life. He had a new heart. He had a new peace. He had a new direction, a new purpose, a new destiny. Conversion means that you have been made new. It means that you have been made new through the power of God. Paul went on to say this later on, that if anyone who is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Thank the Lord for conversion. Paul was now, he was now a new creation. He was a new creature in Christ Jesus. And suddenly, suddenly, his old life was gone and his new life had come all by the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for the conversion from, through Christ Jesus. The Bible describes and gives pictures of conversion that may sound like this. One who was blind, but now you can see. One who was lost, but now you've been found. One that was that loves sin and now you hate sin. One who was living in darkness and now you're living in God's light. One who was an enemy to God, but now you're a friend of God. Friend, aren't you thankful today that God has converted us and changed us and transformed us by His power? Hallelujah. Thank God for the conversion. I want you to notice that Paul, the Bible says that he... We, he encountered suddenly encountered this light that he fell down to the ground and then he called out to the Lord. You see, conversion starts when we fall down before Jesus and confess Him as Lord. That's when conversion starts. When you fall down on your knees and say, Lord, I can't do it anymore. I don't need to be the one calling the shots anymore. I'm giving my life to you to forgive me of my sins and change me, O Lord. You see, conversion starts when you fall down before the Lord and confess Him as your Lord and Savior. Paul was saved. That's what this is a picture of. Paul was saved. He was born again. Like Jesus told Nicodemus, spiritually you have to be born again. It just means you've been saved. You've been been changed by the power of God. Have Have you been changed? Have you been born again? Are you saved today? I got a good news alert for you today. Just came in. If, if, if Saul Paul can suddenly be changed, anybody can suddenly be changed. Come on. if Saul Paul can be saved suddenly, anybody can be saved suddenly. You, you, you may listen, it might be a gradual thing for some, or it might be something that suddenly happens right now while we're praying, could do it in your heart. No matter who you are, no matter how far you've gone, no matter what your past may be, no matter how hard you've been running away from God, no matter your mistakes, no matter the shame you may feel, it doesn't matter. Suddenly, God can change you and transform you into a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I get happy thinking about God and His mercy. And in his amazing grace that he can take your life and he can take the souls of this world and he can change them into new creatures in Christ Jesus. You see, friend, listen to me. I want to encourage you today from the word of God. Paul's life should encourage all of us that suddenly, suddenly you can be changed. Suddenly that your loved one can be changed. Suddenly uh, your friend, your coworker, whoever it may be, suddenly they can be changed by the power of God. This conversion It happens when we fall down and surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. And I pray, I pray that you've done that. I pray that you've made that decision to give your life to Jesus Christ. Because when you make that decision to fall down before Him and surrender your life to Jesus, just like Paul, your life is never going to be the same again. It's never going to be the same again. Paul went from having a, a, a form of religion to having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, the Lord's not looking for our religious activity. He's looking for us to spend time with Him, an intimate time with Him, seeking Him and, and calling on Him and talking to Him. It's about a relationship with Him, a personal relationship with Him. Just coming in here and singing those songs as powerful as they are, just coming in here and dropping some money in the offering plate, just coming in here and, and being inside of a church building, friend, that does not save you. That, that does not change you. It's only Jesus Christ who can change your heart, Amen. change your life. And he went from having religion to a relationship with the living Christ. He went from being a savage to a soldier in Christ's army. He went from being an opposer of Christ to an ambassador for Christ. Paul went from being a powerful persecutor to a powerful witness for Christ. His conversion, his conversion turned him into a powerful witness Paul's conversion from the old life to the new life gave him a testimony. It gave him a testimony. Paul could could now share with the world around him that because of Jesus, my sins are forgiven. That because of Jesus, I'm no longer chasing Christians, but now I'm chasing after Christ. Because of Jesus, I'm no longer walking in darkness, but now I'm walking in the light and love of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus. Paul has a because of Jesus story. And like Paul, every one of us that are in here today that have went through our conversion and we've, we've experienced God and, and we've been changed by the Lord and we're saved now, we have, a, we have a because of Jesus story. Every one of you have a because of Jesus story if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, my sins have been forgiven. Because of Jesus, I'm no longer chasing after the things of this world. Because of Jesus, I'm no longer running after the things that the devil had put in front of me. Because of Jesus, I've been set free from drugs and alcohol. Because of Jesus, my marriage has been restored. Because of Jesus, now I'm walking in love and not hate. Because of Jesus, heaven is in my future. We all have a because of Jesus story. Hallelujah. Every one of you have it. And listen to me. I'm talking about being a witness. You have a because of Jesus story and your family needs to hear it. Your friends need to hear it. The people on social media need to read about it. We'll post everything else but we won't put anything about it because of Jesus. Well, Lord, just stop me right there. We have a because of Jesus story and we need to be sharing that story. Listen, listen. Listen to me, church. The the, the greatest truth is that Jesus Christ has changed us. That's the greatest truth of all, that He's changed us, He saved us. There's no greater hope in life that Jesus is the only one that can change a man's heart. That's the greatest truth, knowing that through that conversion, that now He turns us into a, a powerful witness for the world to see that represents Jesus Christ. God, help us today to be that witness And be motivated to witness because of our conversion. Because I've been saved. And now that I know that I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven and and hell is no longer in my future and all that the Lord has done for me, I'm going to tell everybody. I'm going to let everybody know what Jesus has done for me because I want Him to be lifted up and glorified. And because one, it's the purpose for my life. He's called me to be a witness. And my conversion motivates me to do that. How am I going to be a witness if I had never been saved? How are you going to be a witness for Christ if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? God help us today to experience that transformation that can only come from the Lord. Lord, help me, Jesus. Whatever you do, don't look at your clock. So point number two, we're going to zoom through this and we're going to have some prayer time. Paul was motivated to witness and win people to Christ, not only because of his conversion, but because of his calling in life. Listen, the very moment, you can read it, the very moment that Paul was converted by Christ, he was called to be a witness. He was called to be a witness. In Acts chapter 9, verses 15 through 16, the Lord is talking to a man named Ananias. And here's what the Lord says about Paul's life. He's talking about calling, and he says to Ananias, I want you to go to Paul because listen to this. This man, Paul, is my chosen instrument to, uh, to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Paul was a chosen instrument. And guess what? So are we. So are we. Paul was chosen by God to be an instrument to go out and to be a witness to this world. And we are chosen Instruments as well to carry the name of Jesus Christ to a lost world. In Acts 22, verse 15, Paul's reminded of this calling upon his life again. And he says that you will be his witnesses to all men, all men, all men, everywhere you go. You should be sharing it with all men, all people of what you have seen and heard. Paul was motivated. He was motivated to witness because that was the calling in his life. What is a calling? A lot of people, when you hear the word calling, you automatically assume a a preacher or or someone. But let me tell you what a calling is. A calling is God's divine purpose and mission for your life. Every one of you in here, you have a calling over your life. You have a divine purpose. You have a mission from God for your life. And part of that uh, purpose and part of that mission for your life is to be a witness, is to be a witness. Please don't ever forget that. Can I remind you today that God's purpose is And mission for your life is for you to be a witness. Every follower of Christ, every follower of Christ is called, is chosen to be that instrument to carry the name of the Lord Jesus Christ into this world. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? We've been called We've been chosen to to, to go and preach the gospel. Listen, not just the pastors and not just the church staff and not just the church leaders, but every follower of Jesus Christ is called to be His witness. Every follower of Christ is called to be His witness and to win people to Jesus Christ. Christ followers are not called to sit and soak and be silent. Christ's followers are called to seek and to serve and to share and to be used by God to carry His name to this dark world. Paul referred to it like this. Paul was talking about the calling over his life and instead of using the word witness, he used the word ambassador. And, And Paul reminded the church, he says, we're all called to be ambassadors for Christ. And ambassadors, friend, if you study that term, they they represent their king. An ambassador reflects the king. The ambassador speaks for the king. And you may not realize it today, or you may not want to receive it today, whatever it may be. But you're called to be an ambassador for the king of kings, Jesus Christ himself. You're called to reflect Jesus. You're called to represent Jesus. You're called to speak for Jesus. And I ask you again, how are you doing with that? Listen, I know we're not all perfect in in carrying out this purpose for our life. I know I'm challenged by this and and there's times where I look back and like, Lord, you gotta help me. You gotta help me, Lord, to be this witness that you called me to be. But God has called us. And these ambassadors, if you read in 2 Corinthians 5.20, what is their message? Their message isn't just come to church, which that's great. You should be inviting people to church. But their message was they were pleading with people to be reconciled back to God. They were preaching the truth. Friend, if you're going to be an ambassador for Christ, you got to make sure you're standing on the truth of God's word. More so today than you ever have before because people are going to challenge you and there's going to be an attack on where you stand when you when you come to speak for the king and you need to make sure that you're standing on the truth of God's word. God help us to do that. How can you be an ambassador you reflect the Lord. You represent the Lord and you speak for Him. I'm almost there. Paul's calling was his passion. Man, we have a lot of passion for things. I have a passion for, not much so now as I used to, but I used to have a strong passion for football. Have a passion for dirt bikes. Chase Gardner's gonna buy me one this year. He doesn't know it yet, but... We all have these passions in our life and these passions lead us to go out and try to achieve and try to be successful in whatever it is that we're passionate about. But Paul tells us here that his calling, he was so passionate about the calling that he looked back over his life and you remember what he said. I look at all the achievements I made, I look at all the success I had and when I look at all that, I count it as Nothing. Nothing. All that matters to me now is the calling over my life and that's to go and carry the name of Jesus into this world and be a witness. Oh man, that's powerful. God help us. That the one thing that matters to us more than anything is not the stock market and not our retirement and not where we're going to be in five years or ten years. Uh, Not who's going to win the uh, Super Bowl today But the one thing that matters to us more than anything Is that we would carry the name of Jesus That we would fulfill the calling of God over our life To be a witness And it's going to require something from you If you study Paul's life It's going to require some cooperation from you That's the problem right there We don't like to cooperate It's going to require a willingness out of you It's going to require a faith out of you that you would be willing to walk through whatever doors God opens for you so you can witness to whoever God puts in your path. So you have to have a a willingness to want to be used by God. And the thing about it is, friend, listen, it's not going to be easy to do. It's going to be hard to do. This is not going to be an easy assignment. This is not going to be an easy calling for your life. It's going to be hard. Can you imagine Paul who was chasing after Christians and persecuting Christians And and there he is and all of a sudden he's been converted and his whole life changes and now he finds himself in a room with the people that he was chasing, trying to kill. Do you imagine the cooperation that he had to have and the willingness that he had to have to walk in one of those rooms with those people? I mean, you're talking about getting out of your comfort zone. Paul was willing though. He he was ready to cooperate with God because he knew the calling over his life. And it's not going to be easy If you read what I read to you today, you're going to find out. He says, if you you walk in my calling for your life, guess what? There's going to be suffering for my namesake. So you need to be ready to walk in God's calling, but you also need to be ready to suffer for the sake of Christ. Now, I know that's really encouraging, isn't it? That's so encouraging, but I'm speaking the truth to you. Listen, Listen to me, church. I'm just telling you right now. Do do you think the world out there really wants to welcome you in and hear what you got to say about Jesus? Do you you really think that the majority of the world out there is growing more godless and darker by the day? Do you think they they want you walking up there and telling them what God's Word says and what they need to do and how they need to change their life? Do you think they want to hear that? It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be suffering. that's going to come along with it. But you know what? It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it if one will give their life to Jesus Christ. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it because we're going to make an impact for the kingdom of God. It's going to be worth it because we're going to bring glory to God. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it when we all get to heaven. Hallelujah. It's going to be worth it. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Kevin, Miss Amy, if you'll come. I might have to find somewhere to stop the train. Listen to me. God's calling for you to witness, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. But the good news is, friend, that no matter what it costs, it can't outweigh what God's going to pay back to you in reward. And He's going to use your life like He did Paul to reach this world. Just think about it. Paul converted, Paul accepted the calling over his life. And then he had the cooperation and the willingness to walk out God's calling for his life. And and look, almost the majority of the New Testament was written by Paul. Look at all the places as this missionary went out and spread the gospel as a witness for Christ. Look at the impact that it made on the world. Now, I don't know that if you decide today to say, I'm willing and I'm ready to cooperate. I don't know that the whole world's going to be changed, but your world might be changed. Your, your home may be changed. Your family may be changed. Your school may be changed. Your workplace may be changed. I don't know, but if you would just say, I'm willing and I'm ready to cooperate, Lord, to be the witness that you've called me to be, that I know, God, you're going to do some great things around me. And I, listen, I know some, what some of you are thinking right now. We, we get so discouraged sometimes from carrying out God's assignment because we look at ourselves in the mirror and all we see is flaws and we, all we see is just mistakes and all we see is just ourself. But the good news, friend, is it's all about Christ in us now. When you're converted, He comes to live in you. And and Jesus said this. He says, listen, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness. It won't be you, friend. It'll be Christ living in you and through you that people see because you've been changed. You've been changed. God help us. God help us today. I wrote this statement here. Let this be the year. Let this be the year that you witness and win your family and friends to Jesus Christ instead of walking up to them and talking to them about the weather and about this and about that I mean you can open up the door with that but sooner or later friend you got to go and have a God conversation with them and ask them listen if something was to happen to you I want to know I want to have a peace that you've made things right with God through Jesus Christ have you put the ball in their court have you And I'm going to be sharing some things going forward on how you can share the gospel but we need to make sure that we're fulfilling God's call for our life would you stand with me please before I go any further in prayer I guess the first thing I need to ask is have you been converted have you had that conversion experience in your life listen I shared Wednesday night that God is a God of many chances. And that's good news, but friend, you don't have many chances. God gives many chances, but you don't have a lot of chances because the Bible says that there's no promise for tomorrow. Have you made things right with the Lord? Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you, have you fell down before Him with your sin and said, listen, I need forgiveness and, and called out to Him and made Him Lord over your life? If you have not done that, you need to do it today, friend. Give your life to Jesus. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Let's pray together right now. Father, if there be anyone here today or watching online and they've never had that conversion experience in their life where they've been changed by your power and your love and your grace, I pray right now that that individual would just spiritually fall down before you and surrender their life to you, Jesus. And just say, Jesus, I am a sinner and I need to be forgiven of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross and took my place. And I believe that you were put in a grave and you were raised from the dead. And I confess to you today, Lord, By faith that you are my Savior and my Lord, and I need you and I surrender all to you right now. I'm praying that prayer right now. I surrender all to you. I give you my life today, Lord. Forgive me of my sins and make me a powerful witness for your glory. God, give us conversions today. God, give us conversions today. God give us conversions here in this worship center Give us conversions online God give us conversions in our homes God give us conversions Lord in our schools Yes God give us conversions in our workplace God give us conversions God All around us Lord People's lives being changed By your power and your glory And that's going to happen Lord As we go out and carry your name as a witness to what you've done in us and through us. We pray it now in Jesus' name. I challenge everyone here and I commission you that you have a calling over your life, a purpose, a mission, and that you would just have the power of the Holy Spirit in you to carry it out, to be the witness that God has called you to be, reflecting, representing, and speaking for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, do it in me. Do it in me. Make me a witness. Make my family a witness, God. Make this church a witness in Jesus.